Growing up with an older brother, we often played a lot of video games. It was a great bonding experience. We'd both get back from school, run up to his room, and go right to the GameCube or PlayStation. Well, usually he would play the video games and I would just sit right behind him and watch because he was much better at it than I was. Watching my brother spend hours practicing Street Fighter had a long-lasting effect on me, turning me into the martial arts fan I am today. The best thing about Street Fighter is its ability to present a wide variety of martial arts styles through its large roster of characters. One character, Elena, always stood out to me. Her moves looked more like a dance than karate. While other characters would only sway slightly when standing idle, she performed an energetic four-step that was almost hypnotizing. All of her moves involved heavy use of kicks and headbutts instead of punches. I assumed at the time that the character was just using some fictitious breakdance kung fu hybrid. But my brother, a bigger martial arts fan than I could ever be, told me about the real-life inspiration for this character's unique fighting style, Capoeira. Hi, I'm Sam Biagi, resident expert of watching people perform martial arts and saying, wow, that's so cool. But martial arts is much more than just an impressive display of skill. Different forms of martial arts can offer insight into the cultures from which they originate. They can also provide an intriguing look into the effects that extensive training has on the human mind and body. So, for my entry in the World Ethnography Project, I decided to take a look at Greg Downey's ethnography, Learning Capoeira, Lessons in Cunning from an Afro-Brazilian Art a study of the history of capoeira and the effects it has on players, both inside of the game and outside of it in their everyday lives. Greg Downey is an anthropologist who focuses on physical education, dance, and neuroanthropology, as well as being an experienced capoeira player and instructor himself. After teaching for five years at the University of Notre Dame, Downey currently lives in Sydney, Australia, working as an anthropology professor at Macquarie University. Having practiced capoeira since 1992, Downey brings a perspective that only a skilled student of the art could have. I know what you might be thinking. What is capoeira? Is it a fighting style or is it a dance? And how do you spell capoeira? The answers to all of those questions are harder than you might expect. You'll never guess how many vowels are in capoeira if you've never seen the word. Capoeira is a centuries-old Brazilian art in which two players enter a ring called the Roda, surrounded by an audience, all playing musical instruments, as they attempt to outmaneuver each other. As they play, the speed of the game is directly controlled by the tempo of the music playing around them. Capoeira is more than just a martial art or a style of dance. It's a more holistic art, a unique blend of self-defense, music, dance, performance, and ritual. It's a tough concept to try to explain, and that's exactly what's so intriguing about it. To fully understand capoeira, you need to look at it from all aspects, from its history, to its modern practice, to its effects on the ones that practice it. With how complex capoeira is, this seems like a daunting task. Luckily for me, Greg Downey has already completed this task for me. I'm just here to sum up the information for you.
Learning Capoeira begins how any good book about a martial art should start, describing a game of capoeira. In the prelude, Downey describes several different rounds of the game, including a round he plays himself. The first chapter serves as an introduction, giving an overview of the development of capoeira in Brazil and the creation of the different styles such as capoeira regional and capoeira angola. He also touches lightly on racism in Brazil, and how capoeira can be used to mobilize the black community in the country. Downey also uses this chapter to make his focus clear. The book looks at capoeira through its students and its teachers, rather than the art simply being a lens through which to look at Brazilian society. This focus is shown in the next two chapters, looking at the phenomenological effect training has on a person's body and mind, as well as what capoeira training and teaching looks like. With the history of capoeira being such an integral part of the art, Chapter 4 looks at its beginnings as a tool of defense for African slaves, a weapon used by gangs, and now a respected art form. Chapter 5 looks at how this history is incorporated into the modern game, with stories and legends being told through song during a game of capoeira. The musical aspect of capoeira is explored more in the sixth chapter, focusing on the berimbau, a traditional instrument used during the game, as well as how rhythm affects the game and how capoeiristas relearn how to hear through their training. Chapters 7 and 8 cover some more cultural aspects of capoeira, with the former inspecting the inherent sense of violence that the art invokes, and the latter looking at the capoeira sense of malicia, or cunning, and the Brazilian cultural image of the malandro, or rogue. In Chapter 9, Downey discusses vulnerability in students through the concept of opening and closing one's body during play. Chapter 10 takes a closer look at how practicing capoeira affects a player's everyday life, both in how they see the world and how the world sees them. The concept of whitening is explored in Chapter 11, seeing what happens when capoeira is adopted by middle-class students or becomes mainstream. Finally, the last chapter looks at one specific style of capoeira, capoeira angola, and what makes the style so unique, as well as how those aspects help to change a student both mentally and physiologically. Since I'm not an expert capoeirista with nearly 30 years of experience, I could never do a better job of conveying what capoeira is than Downey. So, I wanted to read a passage from chapter 7 where he talks about how some capoeira mestres define the art. When adepts try to define capoeira, the ambivalence of the art often poses problems. For example, in his book, What Capoeira Is, Mestre Amile das Areas writes, but after all, what is capoeira? Is it a form of struggle, a dance, a brawl, personal defense, sport, culture, art, folklore? Areas answers his own question. Capoeira is capoeira, Mestre Caesara reputedly said. The activity is in a category by itself. Or, more enigmatically, Mestre Pastina declared that the art is all-encompassing. Capoeira is everything that the mouth eats. Angelo De Cano deftly sidestepped my question about how to define capoeira 
and answered that the art came before all other things to which it is often compared. Dance, fight, game, sport, martial art, culture, and folklore. He explained this beforeness by comparing the rota to an encounter between animals in the wild. When two animals meet for the first time, or when young animals are learning how to interact, they play. This play contains the seeds of all forms of interaction. It could just as easily turn into friendship as into fighting with fang and claw. Through play, the animals carefully negotiate how they will treat each other, and test to see if another is worthy of respect, can be dominated, should be avoided, or, at the very least, might provide some entertainment. Dicanio's definition recalls anthropologist Gregory Bateson's discussion of play. Bateson argues that play, even among animals, is the most elemental way in which an activity is framed as not real. He observed animals in the zoo and realized that they knew somehow that the bites of play fighting were not real bites. They were implied bites. Following out the implications of Angelo de Cano's explanation, however, suggests that the play bites in Capoeira can grow in intensity until they shatter the game's restraint. Playing at fighting may turn abruptly into just fighting, Capoeira teachers often warn. But that danger is one reason why cunning or malice is the most admired trait in a capoeirista. A malicioso or cunning player is exciting to watch because he or she might take advantage of an ill-advised vulnerability with an actual attack. A malicioso player risks the outbreak of violence, pushes an adversary to his or her limits, and threatens to upset the rota's equilibrium, deftly playing at the very edge of fighting. Observers are far more engaged by games in which the boundary with real conflict is periodically approached, what they call hard games. Spectators encourage players toward hard games with song and music. At the same time, musicians stand at the ready with the same ritual devices, song and music, to re-establish the balance between violence and cooperation if it is lost. The Kamada helps to maintain this ambivalent even ironic form of play. The sequence allows players to manipulate the contradictory facets of the art. Overt antagonism, exquisite artistry, personal expression, competitive interaction, solemnity, honor, and rough humor. At once a provocation and calming influence, ritual and suggestion of violence, dramatic resource and tactical gambit, we can understand better why Mestre Curio described the Kamada as the philosophy of the art. The ever-present possibility that the game will shift suddenly from one extreme to the other is part of what makes play in the Rota so compelling. The chance that a moment of ballet-like beauty might arise in the midst of a brawl, that a treacherous blow could get mixed among the implied attacks, or that a pantomimed provocation might actually make an adversary's blood boil, these rivet spectators' attention. Aesthetic performance and violence become not contradictory forces, but intimately tied together. As Mestre Pastina insisted, those who have seen the fight understand it better. It looks like a dance, but it isn't. No. Capoeira is a fight, and a violent one. It can kill. It already has killed. Beautiful. In the beauty is contained its violence. The boys are just demonstrating, 
their attacks pass only grazing each other or are restrained before they reach their opponent. But even like this, Capoeira is beautiful. Mestre Pastina does not suggest that, in spite of violence, Capoeira is beautiful. On the contrary, even restrained, Capoeira remains beautiful to the Mestre. The art derives part of its aesthetic appeal from its moral gravity. It's difficult to convey the beauty of something like capoeira through writing. It's tough for any visual medium. How could you properly describe the complexities of a ballet with words? What do you lose from just looking at sheet music rather than hearing a song? And why is every film novelization way worse than the movie it's based on? Especially with such an intricate art like capoeira, it's easy to bore or lose your audience. Luckily, Downey never falls into that trap. Learning Capoeira is an entertaining and engaging read, allowing an in-depth look into a martial art unlike any other. Whether you're a martial arts fan like me, or you're an anthropologist first, or even if you have no prior connection or interest in the topic, Learning Capoeira is a fantastic book that offers a unique and interesting perspective on a majestic art. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day.